and welcome to Bougie Adjacent. I'm Amanda Lauren. Um, We have a great show for you today and I had to edit it a little bit. I thought I was going to air it earlier, but you know what? It's kind of like bizarrely divine timing here. Um, So our guest today is, and I'm going to butcher her name, but I do it for everyone regardless of whether they're American or not, um, Olyasha Nozalova. And she is better known as Not Basic Blonde on Instagram. She has over a million. She has 1.6 million followers. Oh, my gosh. Um, And she is just a really talented creator. She's a model. She's super smart. She's beautiful. Basically, she's the perfect woman. Not kidding here. Um, And I was on her podcast um, as well a while ago. Um, And I was honored to be on it. It's a great podcast. She has a lot of really interesting guests um that have been on there um and just different things like she's had on Gabby Bernstein and she's had on Dave Hollis and all these really interesting people um one of my favorites and I'll just be partial to it is her episode with Ben Spielberg because he is a friend of mine and he's a neuroscientist um and I just wanted to say it's it's so weird because of everything going on um in Ukraine right now and Obviously, my heart goes out, as do most of our hearts, to these people who are just there. There's not even words for what's going on right now. And obviously, this isn't a political podcast, but I don't even think this is about politics at this point. It's a humanitarian issue, and I feel terrible for them. Um, my husband is actually his grandparents his great grandparents were from a small town in Ukraine um, and my family is from Eastern Europe and it's just um, it's just an awful situation and I just hope everyone is okay and you know it's so hard Um, I've been I started IVF as many of you know from previous episodes um, and it's so hard for me, especially to see these moms and baby, just one families being separated is awful, but just these infants being forced into bomb shelters, it's, it's absolutely horrific. Um, and I think in the United States, you know, I don't even think we can imagine such a thing. And I just want to say how grateful I am to be American right now. Um, I think in this country, We have a habit, and I I hate to say this, but I I genuinely feel like we make things into problems that aren't actual problems. And listen, I get it. I joke around about, like, you know, furniture delivery coming after my yet-to-be-conceived college my yet-to-be-conceived child's college graduation um, on Twitter. And I know that is, in fact, not a real problem. Um... And I just think as Americans, we just have a habit of, of doing that. And it's it's terrible. I would say it's probably the worst quality about Americans in general, that we're so lucky in this country um, just compared to other places. It's, it's wild. Anyway, on to something positive. On to something positive. This was a great interview. I think her story is so interesting. I think that it will really surprise you because she's very smart. The story of how she ended up coming to America, I couldn't stop laughing because it is kind of a funny story. And I just think everyone will really, really enjoy this episode. So I am going to shut up now. Thank you so much. Oh, and if you're new here, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter. 
I'm a thirst monster. Instagram, my handle is at it's, I-T-S, Amanda Lauren. And I'm at Amanda Lauren on Twitter. It's linked in the show notes. Um, And here we go. Great, fun, fun episode. Um, I'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you so much for being here, Olya, a.k.a. Not Basic Blonde. I accidentally always call you Not So Basic Blonde all the time, but it's Not Basic Blonde. Everyone does. It's fine. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be a guest and to be on your show. I'm so happy you're here. So, okay. For those who don't know you, you are a creator. You have what, a million and a half Instagram followers? Yes. You're an author, and I feel like you are just, you're a podcaster. I've been on your show, and you are just all around an inspirational woman. And one thing that I really admire about you is that you were not born in America. You were born in the former Soviet Union. Um, And I just have a real, my dad is first-generation American, so I have a real... um, appreciation for immigrants and their stories and what they bring to our country. So how old were you when you came over here? Oh, thank you so much. So I was 17 when I came to U.S. in 2006 on January 29th, the anniversary actually coming up. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my mom was a mail-order bride, so she met her husband um, on dating side and he came to Ukraine a couple times and then they decided to get married they fell in love so then he did all the paperwork invited us and we came to us with two suitcases and two hundred dollars to start a new life <laughs> that's why wait how does that's crazy so how does one become a mail order bride this is wild well, in Ukraine and Russia, there is always shortage of men and girls are trying to find husbands somewhere else. They look online and my mom always wanted to, well, they got divorced with my dad and 10 years she was single. So she was finally ready to meet her future husband. So she had any luck. She did not have any luck just, you know, in the city where we lived. So she decided to, one of the girls said, um, you should try online dating. So she finally did, and um, she had nice pictures taken <laughs> on the website. And um, this guy found her. He started calling her, texting her. She did not know any English, didn't speak any English, only knew, like, I love you, I miss you, I kiss you, bye. That's all she knew. <laughs> but they talked somehow. And he came to U.S., they met each other, they were the same age, he was like handsome guy, he was like 6'5", my mom is like 5'10", so they were a gorgeous couple, they fell in love, like, instantly, and he had no doubts, but bring us here, so. Wait, are they still together? Um, so after eight years of marriage, he went to Afghanistan and he had major PTSD, which it was really hard on him. And, um, and then he wanted divorce because he was in a really bad state and he just, you know, wanted to be by himself. He was emotionally and physically like in a bad state after 
been for a year deployed and he's seen such a crazy things there and he had wow. to a lot of therapy after. Yeah. That's so unfortunate, but that's a wild, wild story. So what's it like coming to the U.S. at that at that age? Did you now you're in Atlanta? Did you did you were you in Atlanta or where were you living at the time? Oh no. Well, he kind of tricked us a little bit because while well, he was telling us he lives in Atlanta, but then I found out it's actually an hour and a half from Atlanta, little town called Lagrange. Oh wow. So we were driving from airport. We were just going in the car and I see Atlanta like we passed it and I was like, "Well, where are we going? Atlanta was that way." He was like, "Oh no, no, just a little bit further." Well, it was Lagrange. It was like nothing there. It's like 40,000 people probably. And I'm like huge fashionista coming from the city, like large city where like, you know, you walk on the street, you see so many people. It's so busy. It's like, like really busy. And coming there, it was a huge shock. First of all, it was like shocked to be in outskirts <laughs> you know while well, it was like culture shock and i did not have any tv or internet or um like basically nothing and he i don't know what he was thinking but um, wow no car no friends nothing like to get my first car i had to go and work and I started working when I was 17 so my first job was at Ruby Tuesday I was a host <laughs> <laughs> so at first when I made my first thousand dollars I went and got a car <laughs> I don't blame you I don't blame you so what was it like moving I mean like I can't imagine moving to first of all like moving from another country to America because I think because I mean, I don't know. I'm so off, but like, I know people talk about the American dreams and America is so great, but I think Americans are some of the worst people in the entire world. <laughs> um, I mean, I joke around. I don't really talk it on the internet, but I joke around about like Americans all the time, sort of outside of this podcast, how like terrible we are as like a people. But what was it just like? Like, what was the culture shock like? Were you like, had you graduated from high school yet? Did you go to high school here? So I graduated from high school when I was 16. I went to university in Ukraine and I got a scholarship. So I finished two semesters there and I had to quit and move here. So as far as culture shock first, when we came here, it smelled like food everywhere. And <laughs> in Ukraine, you don't eat as much. <laughs> and Porsches are not as huge. Here, like, when you go to some of the restaurants, we had to split, like, one portion because it was that big and of course well when I moved to Lagrange of course people would dress differently because it's more like country there but in the cities of course it's different so I was surprised like why people wearing flip-flops in summer and why they wearing like you know t-shirt and jeans everywhere and why is it like what kind of dress code is that <laughs> Especially coming from Europe where everyone cares about your look a lot and you have to wear like latest designer clothes mm -hmm. or just like latest brands and latest fashion. It was so different there um, at that time. And after what else was different, people were nice actually. I was surprised. I didn't know why people are smiling like for no reason. Why random people are asking me, how are you? Like, I don't even know them. Usually, 
<laughs> they are mm -hmm. the people you know, not just like random people in the store or on the street. So that was very surprising to me. But also, I could say as far as like Russians are more kind of like straightforward and Americans who are like, you know, they smile, but doesn't, I mean, they ask you, how are you? But it doesn't mean like they care, how are you? How are you? They just ask you just to be nice. Like in Russia and Europe and other countries, they don't do that. They just like, you know, they just don't say anything. So that <laughs> surprising for me too. <laughs> that's so, that's so wild. The portion thing is true though. It's so funny. Cause like in LA, I would say in New York, like the portions are normal, but I once visited Fort Worth, Texas, and, like, we went to, like, a Tex-Mex place, and I'm like, why are they giving me so much food? Like, what is wrong with these people? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess this is what, because I've only ever lived really um, in, you know, New York and LA, and I mean, I went to college in Pennsylvania, but that's different. Um but yeah, that's just, that's so wild. Like the, yeah, the food, the porridge. I know Americans are so, so weird that way. So when did you, so how did you sort of end up going into content creation? And did you think it was what you were going to end up doing? Because you obviously have a huge account and you're very successful at it. Well, no, I did not even think about it, but I've done modeling since I was 13. I started back in Ukraine. I've done like fashion shows. I went to modeling school there. So when I came here at 17, I actually went to college too. And then I went to university. I graduated from Georgia State with managerial sciences degree. And um, my major was basically project management. So I spent nine years in IT project management before I became like full-time entrepreneur. And also um, I've done modeling, of course, and I continued doing it here as well. And um, I knew like after nine years being in industry of IT project management industry, like I knew I can't do it anymore and it's not my passion in life. So I knew I had to start something else, and I finally started my blog in 2017, Not Basic Blonde was born, probably like 2018, and um, that's when I started content creation, blogging, and started my podcast in 2019, Not Basic Blonde podcast. I written my children's book, The Cutie, the Unicorn, It's Okay to Be Different, in 2020, and I never thought I would do this full-time. I never thought it would be my career, but I always wanted to do modeling. I think that like a lot of people have perceptions about people online or you yeah. look at these girls that are like, like you look at someone like you and, you know, obviously like you're gorgeous, you're a model, you have great style, you have like really fun photos. You even have, I would say like really impressive captions. I love your captions. Um... But people will like look at you and not take you seriously. And you're like, girl, I got a degree. I did something else for nine years before I did this. Like, do you think people have people have misconceptions about you because you're so beautiful? Oh, definitely they do. First of all, they think I'm too serious sometimes. And I have such a huge sense of humor. Like, I'm so fun to be around and I'm like very funny but I come off probably as very serious you know very like professional business type kind of 
<laughs> and of course, they don't know that I have a huge background in IT project management, that I manage huge projects for AT&T, T-Mobile, um, Cricket, Verizon, Sprint, and all of those. Like, I've done a huge migration. Like, all the customers, Cricket customers that are now have their cell phones with Cricket, I migrated them from their old software to new so it was eighteen teen cricket in two thousand seventeen. <laughs> That's so. wild. Like, yeah. so you are actually like, so you're at that's, and I feel like that takes so much to know. Like, there's so much tech stuff that I feel like I don't know, um, and it's weird because I just feel stupid. I'm like, I can write an article for Forbes, but ask me to do anything technologically advanced. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, it sometimes can be hard. I had to like figure out everything myself. And what I kind of was upset that things that you learn in school, even if you study hard and learn it all, still it's nothing compared to what you have to learn in life. And you still have to keep learning every day if you want to have a better life, if you want to improve yourself, if you want to grow you still have to study. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I feel like everything just changes what you need to know. Like every five minutes, I feel like, oh my God, there's something, especially with content creation and all of that. I feel like not only do you have to know how to, you know, take a good photo, edit a good photo, edit a video, which is a whole nother skill. Um, you know, style thing. It's it's like, there's just so much. Like, I'm really addicted to YouTube. And I'm like, these people, I'm, I'm like, I will watch people that are, a lot of them are like moms and they're, but you know, this is like their part-time gig and they edit everything themselves. And I'm like, they must just be really smart because you have to know a lot to be able to do this level of production. I totally feel you on this one because all these TikToks and all these new videos, trends, all these new trends, like they take so much and sometimes like it takes so much um, just patience to <laughs> sit down and do that. Sometimes like, I'm like I can't do this and I mean I do learn new tricks and stuff all the time to, you know, improve video skills and all that and all this different effects that you want to implement in your videos but still it's like so time consuming and so annoying sometimes oh for sure so what's a typical day in your life like do you have a good morning routine because I love hearing about morning routines well I have different days as far as one day I might have the whole day of content creation another day I could be recording podcasts all day Another day, I could be in meetings all day, but in the morning, I try to, you know, have my time, oh, of course, to have a breakfast and kind of light breakfast, and usually people meditate in the morning. I, not always, I don't always do that, but I try not to touch my phone right away, so I do my morning routine, like usual things, breakfast, and just... I don't drink coffee, so I drink tea, and, you know, tea, and after I start my day with touching my phone and mm -hmm. going to it. <laughs> Wait, how long did it take you to not touch your phone in the morning? Because I've sort of been trying to do that, um, but I just feel like it's impossible. 
Well, I try 30 minutes, I guess. That's so, oh, that's more than I can do. So I, I get it. It's really funny. I was thinking about getting like a regular alarm clock, you know, like a, an alarm clock that you get at like Target or whatever. Um, and then I heard from someone that like it's bad for your sleep because of the light. And I'm like, I can't win. I just can't win. <laughs> Yeah, that light is distracting at night. So I, I mean, I still put my phone on silence and just like turn alarm on whenever I need to. But I just don't go past alarm. Just put, put it away after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I also wanted to ask you too. So I want to know about your book because you have a children's book, which is adorable. And I just love the idea of it. And you wrote it during, did you write it during the pandemic? It was, and I based my book on, I was bullied in school for my fashion, and I- Show them! (laughs) (laughs) I did, actually. You know, the funny thing was, after I read the book, I reached out on Facebook to my principal, and I actually told her, well, you know, you used to- like make fun of me because on the last day of school when we were graduating from high school, my principal mentioned, well, what were you going to do without our fashion lawmaker? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And she announced it in the whole school. So it was like, oh, like, oh, my God. I I reached out to her on Facebook and I told her, well, I actually written the book and such and such. She was like, well, you made a career out of it. I was like, yeah. And, you know, I turn my kind of pain into the opportunity because, you know, it felt bad at that time when everyone kind of, mostly girls, picked on me because I'm dressed too fashionably. Or even teachers used to send me home to change. They would tell me, well, you can't come to school like this, even though I wasn't nothing improper. I just was fashionable and um, not basic, (laughs) So the book was, um, the main idea of the book is that it's okay to be different, it's okay to be yourself, it's okay to embrace your individuality, it's okay to embrace your style, it's okay to be unique and never basic. So I wanted to inspire other kids to be themselves and not to be afraid to be different. And also, I donate part of the proceeds from the book sales to St. Jude's Hospital. So, I do that as well. And it's available on Amazon. So We will link it. We will definitely link it in the show notes. So, since you are such a fashionista, I want to ask, where are your go-to places to shop? So, I partner with so many brands on a monthly basis. And usually, I, you know, <laughs> I get a lot. No, I get it. Everyone asks me like where I like, oh, where do you get like furniture or like where and like I or even like active wear because I write for a sweat life. So people will send me a lot of so so I totally get it. So my go to main ones like Revolve, um, Fashion Nova depends on what are you looking for. Um, Of course, Nordstrom, Saks, um, what else? ASOS sometimes, uh, what other ones, I guess, um, well, Revolve has so many brands linked in yeah. the website, so that's kind of covers it all, but for dresses, like if you want a hot dress, and 
the one is like on budget. Fashion Nova is like go to, and also Pretty Little Thing and other ones. Well, it depends on what you're looking for, and if you're looking for something more comfortable or something more like revealing, that's kind of you know based on that. That's so cool. Now, also, what are your beauty picks? Because I feel like you also, your makeup is always so cute. Like, do you have a skincare routine? All of that. I do. And I love Drunk Elephant. And of course, some people might say it's a little bit too harsh on their skin. It might kind of feel like it's burning, but you have to use right amounts and you can even mix their products. You can mix moisturizer with the vitamin C serum and night serum. So you can make a cocktails <laughs> and it works so well too. And I usually get facials like once a month at least, like deep cleansing facial or hydrofacial. And for a weekly routine, like I usually do probably on Sundays, uh, my little skincare routine, of course, every day I use the cleanser and I use the um, recyclable, I mean, the reusable, um, I think they're called Halo, those little kind of like pads that you wash your face off with. No, I know what you mean. I, the, like, they're like the cotton pads, but you throw them in the washing yeah. machine. I yeah. love those. I, I love those because while I admit, like, I don't live the most environmentally friendly lifestyle, I feel like, oh, that's like one thing everyone can do is stop using those disposable cotton pads and buy the reusable ones. They're so much softer. Yeah, yeah, so true. And also, I have different, of course, tools for the face. You know that brand New Face? They have, like, face. Um, It's actually a little device. It's, like, fa face toning device. I use that one. I use um, rollers. I use, what else? Uh, microneedling tool from BioBeauty, I think. I think that's what it's called. And... That one kind of like, you know, you roll with this little needles. This is like roller with little needles mm -hmm. and you roll it all over your face. And then when you apply your vitamin C serum, it kind of absorbs it more and deeper into your skin. So I do that as well. I do as far as like, well, daily cleanser, moisturizer, night serum. I do that daily. But like weekly, I usually apply Glam Glow Oxygen Mask. You know, those... Um, the mask that bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, so I do that one. It helps to clean, like, your face deeply. And then I do um, something to shrink your pores, so something with clay mask. And I do that one followed by moisturizer and, you know, of course, eye patches. <laughs> you know what? I'm, do you ever do Retin-A or any retinols? Because I'm obsessed. I do, but I'm very careful with it because... One time I burned my face, so I tried like a little bit, or I do the creams uh, or moisturizers that are have a little amount of it already in it. So like you know, because I had the actual retinol cream where you just like use like pea size and all that, so I overused it, and now I just use like in moderation. But I do love them. Yeah, they resurface and, you know, reduce wrinkles. And I'll tell you the trick with them is to not use the straw. Like, I've, I have it down to a science. So I get a prescription for just, like, generic Retin-A, Trentinoin. 
and I use the second highest and I'll use it like three days a week or like every other day. And then in between, I don't use it now because people just send me a lot of skincare oils, but I drunk elephant, I love the drunk elephant marula oil. And then I, I alternate with an oil and I'll tell you, it is such a game changer. Yeah, that's nice too. And I love what you actually came up with this alternative. But I don't use oils too much because I have lashes. And oh. sometimes it might be too heavy on your skin. But actually, I need to try to do a little bit like you told me. <laughs> yeah, I will. You know, what? I don't use a pea size amount. I use more. But I'll tell you, like the first few months of doing it, and this was like years ago, I really peeled and I'll still peel sometimes. But if you alternate with oils, it's a total game changer. And then you have to wear sunscreen if you're like out especially because you're in the South. So, you know, I'm sure that it's, I was going to say, it does snow in Atlanta sometimes, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's sunny and mostly it's very warm compared to other states. <laughs> yeah, you still have to wear, I mean, you still have to wear sunscreen. I was going to tell you, Peter Thomas Roth sunscreens are really good and they just, they're really nice and dry. They don't make your skin too oily. Um I'm obsessed. It's really weird. I feel like I should be doing content creation about skincare because I'm obsessed with it. Um, and it's like you one of those things I never talk about. Yeah, I should start writing for Forbes for skincare too because, well, I've tried so many products myself already and like I'm, I can write a book probably on skincare because like I constantly try new things every month and I love to test new products. So I also love this one. You know that Dermatologica has little powder. Love it. Yeah, then you mix it with your um, cleanser and you wash your face. It's kind of like resurfacing, kind of like, not a scrub, but gentle scrub. It feels almost like baking soda. Yeah, it's so good. It makes your skin look glowing and it's like so soft after. It's amazing. It's so funny. So I go to, when I buy stuff, I go to Larchmont Beauty Supply, which is like kind of like Blue Mercury, but they have a lot more brands and less makeup. It's like this local store. It's been on Goop. It's like a very famous store and it's like in my neighborhood and they gave me a sample of it. And they like never give samples to people, but like I also buy all my Olaplex there. So they're like, do you need samples? And I'm like, why not? So they gave me a sample of it and it's so good. I might actually buy it when I'm done with my Corona exfoliator. Mm, nice. Yeah, you should. It's, I know, it's good. I've been using the June Jacobs pumpkin scrub and I like it, but I don't know if it's harsh enough. Like I like something that's a little bit scrubby. Like a little bit, like I need like a good physical exfoliation. Like I do plenty of chemical, but I need a physical. Like I need something to really get in there and like work it, it work itself in. So I know I'm the same way. I don't trust. I mean, kind of trust, but not all the way the chemical peels because I do like the actual scrub feeling. <laughs> I know it's like it really, really wakes you up. So do you have any tips for people that are trying? Because I feel like you're killing it on Instagram. And I feel like the algorithm makes everyone's life miserable. So how have you, like, how do you keep people engaged on your Instagram? And do you have any tips you can share for people that are inspired by you? Well, I actually created a course. And it's Boss, Boss the Influencer Academy. It's on Instagram. 
and you can purchase the course link in bio so it's on how to grow and monetize your instagram and it's right now yes like you said algorithm changed but what wins right now is reels and even tiktok because many people like even though i don't post that much on tiktok yet i stopped because i mean in 2020 i kind of Stop because they were saying it's gonna go away and we're gonna lose. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so I stopped, but then like now I still do. Like I started again, and people from TikTok reaching out to me on Instagram and they saying, "Oh, I saw you on TikTok, blah blah blah." So I guess um, TikTok algorithm shows more than Instagram, but on Instagram, main thing is reels right now, and of course creating the videos and um, mainly. I know people are talking about sloppy feeds right now, like they don't care about clean, authentic, yeah. you know, beautiful look. I still like to keep that. I still like my account look nice because I'm just like that. I, I can't look at it myself if it's not, if it's just going to be sloppy. So <laughs> I still try to keep my colors, my brand colors. and. You know, to grow on Instagram, there are so many different components into it, like so many details. If you go into it, it's like a lot. But what is the main thing is stay true to yourself and stay true to your following as far as like people are getting attracted to you. So show up more, show up on stories, show up on reels, on videos and show yourself like don't be afraid. And that's what people get attracted to. You don't have to have many followers to even work with brands. Right now, brands are even working with very small influencers. Like, if you have following, I guess, from 1,000 and up, brands will work with you. So, I mean, it's depending on the brand, what they're looking for, but you don't have to have a huge following to even monetize your Instagram nowadays. And as far as that helps grow, course there's whole another game about hashtag and how you can hide over 2000 hashtags oh wow all that yeah and but reels i even like see i tested for myself well it's not always like they don't always get huge number of views but i guess they get a lot of exposure and um, in 22, I mean, 2022, many changes are still coming. So we will have an option where you can um, customize your feed. I oh, mean, I guess you can move I lost your you. past, I mean, the other posts that you had on your page around. and But that option is already available to some people. Not available to me yet. <laughs> but I know people are already talking about it and it's coming up. And, you know, links just um the stories and links try to optimize that option and of course making connections is always the most powerful tool when you have your tribe when you build your tribe and when you have people that support you all the time so don't hesitate to reach out in dm to someone you like or someone you admire that's always a great thing because people love to connect with people it's social media so you can be social don't be shy
Hey, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Oh my gosh, it's yeah, so weird. Um, ah, so you were talking about the hidden hashtags and, and Instagram, testing Instagram reels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it just like dropped, yeah, it's weird, it didn't even fade, it just like, it just dropped off. So weird. What are you going to do? I was going to say, um... I want to wrap it up in a minute, so I'll ask them because I'm going to, I'll just edit this out, like where people can find you. But when we're done, don't click, don't just like X out of the page. Do you see that little thing that says leave? Click leave because it has to upload all of your sound. It's just that the quality is better. And now they're about to do construction outside my window because I hear it. It's, oh, I know. Yeah, and then oh, just gosh. you can go to another oh, tab, like but don't close it for I like a minute. Out, right? Oh my gosh, okay. okay. And I'll just, I'll edit okay. that. I was going to say, I'll probably edit part of that last question. Oh my God, yeah, they're about to drill. This is like, I don't know if you can hear it, but okay. it, the sound's going to be bad in a minute. So where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. It's notbasicblonde underscore. You can find my blog, notbasicblonde.com. My podcast, Not Basic Blonde podcast, is available on all the major podcast platforms. And on Instagram, it's NBB Podcast. You can purchase my book on Amazon. It's Cutie the Unicorn. It's okay to be different. And I guess that's all. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I feel like we have to go for drinks if you're ever in LA or if I'm ever in Atlanta. Oh my God, of course we will, definitely. 